ask the ushers at this time if they would come this morning and take up our morning tithes and offerings. Let us, uh, before we go to prayer, wish each and every one of you a, a happy new year or start to your new year. And uh, we're just so glad you're with us in church. All those joining online, we are so glad to have you this morning as well. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you would bless us this morning. We're in your house, gathered in your name, Lord, to worship you. Father, I pray you would bless the offering we're about to see. Lord, we ask that you would bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that had to give and those that may not. If there's someone here today who cannot give, Lord, we pray at some point in time you would bless them so they would be able to give back. Lord, for all that you have blessed them with. Lord, thank you for all you've done for us in the year 2022. And Lord, we are just believing you even for greater things in 2023. And Lord, we pray that the remaining portion of this service would be for the glory and honor of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you bring it at this time during our meet and greet? God bless you this morning. specifically today. Um, we want to pray for Sister Barnes. Sister Barnes uh, has fallen under, fell under the weather and is real sick as well uh, as many others, and we're going to give you those lists. But she asked uh, through Brother Barnes this morning for us to have special prayer for her today when we do our corporate prayer together. Brother uh, Dennis and Sister Dale both have bronchitis and are really struggling uh, with uh, their upper respiratory uh, breathing and they're coughing. They're coughing up junk, all kinds of that just crud that people like to call it. They're very sick. Brother James Falk has been sick for about two weeks. He cannot shake it. 
He's been to the doctor about four different times. He's been to the ER twice. He's been to the doctor two or three times. They say he doesn't have COVID. They say he doesn't have uh, RSV. They say he doesn't have the flu. They, they say he doesn't have an upper respiratory infection. They say he doesn't have a sinus infection. So they say he has nothing. He went to one doctor who put him on augmentin and a couple high-powered drugs. He stayed there for, on those for about three days, didn't feel like he was getting better, so he went back to the ER, to which the ER doctor told him he shouldn't have been on those drugs to start with. That's making it worse. So they took him back off the medicine, and he still isn't getting better. So he doesn't know, should he take medicine, should he not take medicine, and nobody seems to know what he has. And he's on week number two and a half, almost three weeks of this. So he reached out and said, Pastor, please pray, because obviously doctors don't have a clue what they're doing, so God's going to have to do something. And uh, I said, well, we'll pray about that. So Brother James and the Clarks and, um, and uh, Sister Barnes, just so many people are just sick. As you can see, pockets of people are out today. Not all of them are traveling. Some of them are just sick. They're under the weather uh, and are, are struggling. Uh, there are many folks that I've, I've heard this morning. They're sniffling. I can hear it in their voices. I can hear it in their throats. I can hear it in their just talking. They're battling things. Um, and so uh, we want to... Pray for, for all those folks as well. Um, some are out of town, so we want to pray for their traveling mercies as they make their way back uh, in town this week or whatever. But just wanted to give you an update on some of the folks, why it's so sparse around here. Most of those people are sick and can't get relief anywhere, and so we want to pray for them. Not how we wanted to start 2023 with everybody in a sickened state, but you know what? God's still good, and he's still faithful. We still trust him regardless, and so we're going to believe that. So this time I'm going to ask those leading scripture in prayer to come this morning, and, uh, and you know the request, and so we're going to ask you as soon as they do scripture in prayer for us to pray for those requests with all many others today. God bless you today.
again, we're thankful to be in the house of God. I pray, Lord, that we will all worship you in song and in word. And, Father, we'll be careful to praise you and thank you for all that you accomplished. Amen. Amen. Let's remain standing. Let's stand again for worship this morning and uh, continue to worship the Lord. We're going to sing a couple songs here together in a church medley format. Uh, most of these songs you will probably know. Uh, many of them are various praise choruses that have been sung many, many years. And so we just want to start the new year off, even though we, like I said, have a lot of folks that are sick. We want to start out the new year just praising the Lord. And uh, it's, it's fitting that it would be the first Sunday of the year on the very first day of the year. So we want to start this year by just worshiping the Lord. So let's worship together. Well, God is
worship you, Lord.
Father, Lord, that's why we're here today is to say thank you. God, as the dawning of a new year has arrived, and the things of 2022 are now in the rearview mirror, are now gone and passed. The fact that on January 1st, 2023, we can stand in the house of God and decree and declare, you have been good. 2022 might have been a blur for many. It may have been hard for some. It may have been difficult for others. But the fact that we're still alive on January 1st, 2023 goes to prove that, God, you're still faithful and you're still good. That doesn't mean we didn't experience tragedy. That doesn't mean we didn't experience sickness. That doesn't mean that we didn't feel the effects of things that happened in 2022. But you brought us through those, so I have no doubt that there's nothing that 2023 can bring that you are not already on the the scene ready to walk us through that too. And if you walked us through everything that some of us have walked through in 2022, there is not a doubt in my mind you're not the same God. There's no doubt in my mind that you're still the same God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. You're in my tomorrow. You're in my 2023. You were there before I get there. You're already working things out for my good because you said those that are called according to your purpose, you have a plan for them. You have a, a, a season of, 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 of blessing, a season of fruitfulness. God, I believe that in 2023, no matter what comes nigh our dwelling, you are the same God that will bring us through that season just like you have all these years prior to. So God, today we can stand in this house and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, we magnify your name. But ultimately, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for being a good shepherd. Thank you for being a comforter. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a mediator, a high priest between God and man. Thank you for being a savior. Thank you for being a redeemer. Thank you for being a Holy Ghost baptizer. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. Thank you for being the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. Thank you for being the Rose of Sharon. Thank you for being the Balm of Gilead. Thank you for being the Lord that provides. Thank you for being the God that's our banner. Thank you for being God that's the great physician. Thank you for being the God that still saves and still heals. Thank you for being the soon coming King. Thank you for being Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Thank you, Jesus, for just being who you are, being Jesus and being Lord and Savior of our lives. God, as we get ready to break the bread of life today and the the hearing of your people, let us remember that the God that we serve is the same yesterday, today, and will be the same forevermore. Nothing we experience catches you off guard even when it may rattle our cages, rock our boats nothing catches you by surprise and you're as close as the very mention of your name and for that Lord we give you the praise, the glory the honor that is due the name of Jesus Christ our Lord the people of God together said amen Amen. Amen. if you can you can be seated in the presence of the Lord While you're seated, I I did fail to mention. uh, Also, pray for Sister Brenda Burbage. uh, 
as you can tell, she she tried to play a little bit, but but couldn't. She had a small mishap accident uh, and fell, and she's not sure if she has broken her arm or not. Um, but she's in a lot of pain today. She tried to play through it, and uh, but it just it would not give. And so uh, she is here. We appreciate the effort she made to be here, but uh, she's in a lot of pain today that she's a little stubborn and won't go to the doctor against my advice I advised her she should have went to the doctor she reminded me she's older than I am so she doesn't have to listen to me very much so no she she doesn't like the doctor so she said I'll just tough it out I said you're just gonna have a crooked arm or what's the plan here she didn't give me a good answer I don't know what she's gonna do but whatever it is she's in a lot of pain today so I, um, when I came to do the prayer, I meant to mention that as well, um, along with the others, but I, it just slipped my mind. Uh, but please um, continue to remember her in prayer, even if you whisper it under your breath or whatever, um, for her arm. It's really bothering her today. You know, I, this week when things were, and if you have your Bibles, you can start turning to the book of Exodus, chapter 34 there momentarily you know I started fielding phone calls after last Sunday and throughout this week and I mean report after report kept coming in pastor we're we've been diagnosed with bronchitis we're not going to make it understand understand take care of yourself pastor we're we're sick we've got this going on we that guy got that going on I understand take care of yourself pastor we you know we're we're you know someone's think they may have the flu or we think they may have COVID or you know, they, they're running a fever even if it's low grade they run a fever they're like brother James I don't know what I have the doctors don't know what I have the doctor tells me to take the medicine the other doctor says don't take it I don't know which one's right and I'm in a, I'm in a mess and other people started calling that they weren't going to be here and, you know and I realized we were going to be a little bit less than full strength some of those folks will be back next week. Some of them just already had things on the docket. You know, and I remember celebrating the end of the year, if you will. I, I say celebrated the end, towards the end of the year with new babies arriving. And people's bundle of joy and showed pictures on the screen. and Life was going great. And then death came knocking nigh our dwelling and Christmas week, or the week of, leading up to Christmas, we had two funerals, back to back. Thankfully, one of them, we didn't you know, have to ask you to cook again or anything to stretch you out over your holidays, but there were still a lot of people still intertwined and connected in both of those funerals this past weekend. Even sitting in this house today, you can see that some are sitting here today without their spouse, whether it's from sickness, whatever, people like Brother Barnes, Mr. Barnes is not here for sickness, and Others are here this morning that their their spouse is not with them today for whatever reason. And you see the, the thinness of the band and, and, and the worship team. And last night when uh, I was just thinking, I was at my house. Brianna was with her family, uh, ringing in the new year at midnight, and uh, they were at one of her brother's house. 
spring celebrating that, but Micah just couldn't hang, so I took him on back home and got him in the bed. And I was laying there in the bed, and I was thinking all of that, and I was thinking in my head, gosh, man, tomorrow I'll be lucky if eight people show up to church the way this is going. Maybe I should have just went online. Maybe, maybe I should have been like those really up-and-coming churches that have arrived and realized that my best choice is an online church tomorrow and do that. Then I sat there and I thought, you know, but even if there's eight people, you know, Lord, there's eight people that need to hear the word. And, you know, I went through all that in my head, too. And I'm not here to woe is me, to feel sorry for me that, you know, half of our church is incapacitated in some form or fashion. But as I was kind of rereading the sermon and just thinking through and laid down, I started thinking that, you know, yes, we experienced the tragedy of death with Brother Carson and to Laura May and this year we laid Bonnie about six and a half months earlier to rest coming back from General Assembly in August and many other things Tyler and Carmen hopefully Lord willing they'll be back next Sunday baby's checked out everything's good so hopefully they'll be back after all of that but you know we had babies we had excitement when I got done and I was laying there and turned the light off and was thinking God's still been really good. We've had tr- we've had struggles, for sure. We've had people battle COVID throughout this year. But they're still here. They may not be as best as they used to be, but they're still here. So God was good. Now, Brother Dennis and Sister Dale might not be here this morning because they have bronchitis. You know, but but I remembered when I got here. A little over three years ago, first Sunday that I was here, there was an upright piano on this side of the stage. There was a piano on this side of the stage. It was still in wrapping paper. I didn't even know it was over there. It just was in, like, bubble wrap. And one guitar player who wasn't Brother Randy at the time, it only took me about two weeks to run him off. That didn't take long. Who's my first church member in a hurry? I was a pastor ready to start. I was coming to the ground, getting people to leave right as soon as I walked in the door. Brother Dennis at the time was just still on his track of recovering from major heart surgery. Not just a little, oh, we had to go in there and just tie up loose ends. No, I'm talking about body pillows, don't cough, cough into the pillow, don't crack it open, make sure, you know, all that stuff. Major heart surgery. There was like, I can't remember the exact number, I think it was like a 5% chance. He wouldn't survive at all, basically, if he didn't take the heart surgery because his heart was messed he was a time, ticking time bomb. Having the heart surgery was a risk. He wasn't really going to have a good. So either way, he was running a risk factor and risk-benefit analysis. He took chance and trusted God. And you know, He might have bronchitis this morning, but he's still here. He may not be here. He may be watching online, but he's still here. And if the Lord should tarry long enough, I firmly believe whether it's next Sunday or the Sunday after that, there'll come a point that that bass that was sitting on the stage will be played again because he's still here. And I want to challenge us before I break the bread of life, and this goes right into the message today. 2022 might have not been your best year, or maybe it was your best year. I don't know. It's between you and God to decide. No matter what you experienced in 2022, the God that got you through that is the same God that's going to make sure 2023 he gets you through that one too. 
Now, regardless, maybe 2023 will be harder for some than others. Maybe. So it seems the circle of life. Maybe. Some of you, 2023 might be better. But either way, the God of yesterday is the same God today and the God forevermore. And so for the God that got you through all that you thought he couldn't maybe do in 2022, he's the same one in 2023 that's not going to be caught off guard and say, I got it from here. I can take it from here. And I didn't know this till a couple weeks ago. But God is so loving. Now I'm going to zing you. Just let you know it's coming. That God gave you a chance to make up for lost time. So for all the Sundays people have missed in 2022, God gave them an extra one. Because only when January 1st falls on Sunday of a new year do you get 53 Sundays of the calendar. God gave you an extra day to recover and watch you just in case. He's like, you know what? You might need to play catch up a time or two. You might need an extra prayer. I don't know who's going to need it, but if you wait till December 31st to catch that last drift in, whatever you need, God gave you an extra Sunday to talk to him and come to church and to be able to be with the people of God. So no matter how bad 2023 is, God gave you an extra Sunday to come with the family of God, to worship together, to say, let's come together with one mind and one accord. Let us pray together. Let us worship together. Let us celebrate together. God gave us an extra time to worship together. One more time. Now, I will say, I don't give out perfect attendance. So if you come off 53 years, there's nothing, I mean, 53 Sundays, there's no really prize for that. But congratulations if you do. The point to be made is God is just so good. Even when we don't even notice it, he gives us opportunities to still spend time with him. And he gives us those opportunities to worship him. And one of the things we talked about that our vision for this year, end of last year, the church year, and this year is to reach disciple and pray. And I asked God, I said, God, when I go to 2023, what can we as the church, like going into this thing, what the first Sunday of the new year, you want to come out, you know, you're not, you want to talk about resolutions or you want to talk about goals or going to the gym or whatever. What is it, God? And, 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 and this is not some profound thing that you think, oh, my gosh, Pastor, how many years did it take you to come up with this thought? It didn't. It was almost too common and almost too basic that it just slapped me in the face. And it was like almost like I was almost too dumb to realize it at the time. We have as I said, experienced death. We have experienced births of babies. The Bible says we should weep when people are born and rejoice when they die, but we have it backwards. We rejoice when they're born and weep when they're dying. God said, no, for the babies, they got to live in this place called earth. Those that know Jesus to die is a gain. They go to heaven. We got it all backwards. And I thought, Lord, what will 23 be like? And I just, for the next couple weeks, through the month of January especially, and it may go into February, but at least through January, I want to just talk about this idea for a couple weeks. Getting a fresh start. Getting a new chance. A new lease on life. January 1st. It couldn't have been any better. The very first day of the year fell on God's day. So if you have if you have said, Pastor, I really want to read my Bible through in a year. Good. Good. Today's a good day to start. We're in the house of the Lord. Today's a good day to start reading it. A fresh start. Pastor, I really want to grow in my relationship with God. Good. You're in church this morning. There's no better place to be than growing in relationship with God than to be in His house. Good. Good. Fresh start. Pastor, I want to pray more. Good. When this service is over, we can pray together. You can start. Not alone. You can have other people pray with you. A fresh start. Whatever it is you have need of, you can get a fresh start today. You say, Pastor, I, 
I got a lot going on in my life. You know what? God can give you a fresh perspective of that. You know, I talked about it on Wednesday night. Sister Sherry was telling us about a praise report with her sister who her job was playing out. We weren't sure how that was going to play out. Over 100 candidates applied for a job. And out of all 100 candidates, her sister got the job. And he said, wow, praise the Lord, that's great. It is. You know when she starts? She didn't start in December. She starts this week, the first of the new year. She's getting a fresh start. She's getting a new job. She's getting new people to work with. She's going to a new department. That's scary. But guess what? The pay stayed the same. The insurance stayed the same. She's still got all the fringe benefits, but she's getting a fresh start as if she never even knew what happened. God can do the same thing in our lives as a church and as our lives as individuals. No matter what, God can still bless you. God can still keep you. God can still sustain you, but he also can give you a fresh start. 2023 is the start of something brand new, a fresh start. So I want to talk about that today. Exodus chapter 34, we'll start in verse 29. If you can stand, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. It will be on your screen to my right and to my left. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony or the commandments were in his hand and he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone brightly while he talked with God. So when Aaron and the children of Israel saw Moses and behold the skin of his face shone brightly, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called them to called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them the commandments which the Lord had spoken to him on Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him as a friend talks to a friend, he would take the veil off. He would become, if you will, undone in the presence of the Lord. He didn't have a mask on. He didn't try to hide himself. When he walked into the presence of the Lord, he stripped off all things. He exposed himself spiritually to the Lord. He didn't hide it from God. He went into the, into the inner chambers, and he said, God, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. You and I, you're going to see all my weaknesses. You're going to see all my failures. You're going to see all my... He was very transparent before God. That's the best place to be. When you don't know what to do, just be transparent with God. Just get along with God and let everything else be outside noise. And you and God just speak together. He took the veil off. Talked to the Lord. Until he came out. And when he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatsoever he was commanded. Whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses and the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put veil on his face again, time and time again, until he would go back in to speak to God. If I could ever give you a challenge for 2023, here's what my challenge is. You as an individual, you as a family, whether you're a male that's the priest, prophet, protector, and provider of your home, whether you're a mother, whether you're a granddaughter, whatever role you play as an individual, as a family member, but as the church corporate together. We have got to recapture the glow of God again. We have got to recapture that spirit of God again. We are living in a day and an hour we cannot play games. We can't wait for the world to figure it out. We can't wait for Washington to figure it out. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be frank. We can't even wait for the church across town to figure it out. That's between them and God. We as individuals, as families, and as the people of God, we have got to get back along with God, back into a prayer closet, back talking to God. We have got to rediscover the presence of God again in our lives. We have to recapture the glow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, help me to preach your unadulterated word to the people of God. Let us not be hearers only, but doers of this word likewise. Keep us in the palm and the centrality of your will in the hand. God, I pray that you would let us, this word, go forth and accomplish the task it was sent to do. Hide me behind the cross, take a coal from the altar of heaven, anoint these lips of clay, and I commit this word into your hands. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, I ask. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Many people last night around 1159 decided they were going to make resolutions of all these things they wanted to do in 2023. The mass majority of them, the number one thing they wanted to do was get in shape. They wanted to get rid of the Christmas belly, and they wanted to get rid of the muffin tops. They wanted to get rid of all the spare tires and the rings around their waist. They wanted to get rid of it all. That was their goal for 2023. And most of them probably today or tomorrow is going to go to the YMCA, or they're going to go to Planet Fitness or to some gym, and they're going to sign up a membership. Those same people, over 50% of them, by the end of January, January 31st, they're going to cancel that membership because they haven't went yet. And they've just wasted that money they just spent. People all the time make resolutions and they make all these goals of things they want to accomplish. But I want to tell you this morning that there's ever been a something that we as the people of God, as individuals, as families, and as a church family should ever do. It should never be to make promises to God with no intention of keeping those obligations and those covenants. In fact, the word of the Lord says it is better for us to not make a covenant with God than to make a vow with God and to break it. I come by to tell somebody this morning, the people of God this morning, this church this morning, that as a corporate body of believers, whether individualistically or holistically together, we cannot just treat God like a gym membership. We only use Him because we think we need Him, but when we don't think we need Him anymore, we want to cancel the subscription. We have to be in the Word daily seeking His face. We have to pray to Him daily. God is not a membership that we only use Him for a certain time period and cancel Him other times. He's not a monthly subscription that we only use and then cancel the subscription. I want us to remember today that there is a, this world is dying. There are people whose lives are hanging in the balance. There's people who are dying and going to hell. There's people who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There are people in your family and in my family that do not know Jesus. I can't help what 2022 did, but I can say the Lord helped me to be a better witness in 2023. Help me to be a better ambassador. Help my grandchildren to get saved. Help my spouse. Help my my lost loved ones come to know Jesus. Help me be a man or woman of prayer. Help me to be a man and woman of the word. We cannot afford to wait for Washington to figure it out or the church across the street or across town to figure it out or the church of God to figure it out. We at 1211 Highway 52 can't wait for nobody else. We can't speak for nobody else. But as, as the prophet said, as for me and my house, we can choose to serve the Lord. We as the body of Christ can say, Lord, I can't help what you do in a church in Berkeley County, Dorchester County, Charleston County, but God, even so quickly, come, Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit show up here. Let your Spirit have free reign here. Let sons and daughters come to know the Lord here. Let people get healed here. Let salvations happen here. We have to recapture the glow of God's presence in our lives again. It is essential. It is necessary. It is absolutely integral that we have the, 
the glow of the presence of God permeating and illuminating in each one of our lives. The text we read today, Moses has been in the presence of the Lord for 40 days. The number 40 is a biblical number of numerology that, re, that is correlated to seasons of trials and testings. It is used throughout scripture. Moses experienced the number 40 multiple times in his life, in the course of his entire life. The first time was when he was born. He was born in Egypt. And for 40 years he lived in captivity in Egypt. But then he was made a decision and he killed an Egyptian slave, a servant, a taskmaster. And he gets sent to as a vagabond and becomes a, pre, uh, becomes a shepherd in the region of Midian. And for 40 years, Moses watches sheep in the desert in Midian. At 80 years old, he travels back to Egypt. And he leads a million and a half people plus people back out of bondage only for them to grumble and complain and stay there 40 years back in a desert. So Moses has got this 40 figured out while in this second stint in the desert. Moses is instructed by God to come have an appointment with him. All throughout scripture we find that number 40. In fact, Jonah preached to the people of Nineveh for 40 days. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. We have all these numbers of 40 that is found out through Scripture. After these 40 days of being alone with God, Moses' countenance went different, was different. Can I tell you that if you spend 40 days with God, you'll look different too? Is that most people say it takes 21 days to create a habit. If you double that, 21 and 21 is going to make 42. So just two, two days shy of that is the number 40. So if you just took those two months, if you will, and for the next two months, if you committed to God from January 1st to March 1st, if you committed every day to spend time with God, read your Bible to pray and seek the face of the Lord, I promise you when you walk into church on that first Sunday of, of March, we will, we will not only notice a difference, but you'll notice a difference because you and God have had a lot of time together and He'll change the countenance of who you are. In fact, I didn't put it on the screen, but you know every year in January we, I go on a 21-day fast. And those that like to join, we'll have a sign-up sheet next week for those who want to join. They can certainly do that. But starting next Sunday, January the 8th, we'll go on a 21-day fast from January 8th to January the 29th. You don't have to fast every day. You don't have to fast. You know, we put breakfast, lunch, dinner. You don't have to fast a meal. I don't really care. I've had some say, Pastor, I can't really do food because of my health, but I, I love coffee. So I'll fast coffee. For some people, that is better than steaks. They would read coffee is the thing that keeps them going, and they fasted coffee. For somebody like Sister Jennifer White, if she says, Pastor, I'm sacrificing coffee, I know heaven's coming down and glory's filling her soul because I know only God could take coffee from her. Nobody else could take it but God from her. So I know that has to be a God thing. If my wife says she's not eating sweets, that is a God thing. It's going to be danger zone for me, but it's a God thing she stopped eating sweets in that moment. You know, in that moment. She literally asked me the other day, she said, Are you doing that 21 day fast? I said, I am. She said, Oh. I said, why, what's that supposed to mean? She said, oh, I'm going to have to stop eating sweets and stuff. And I said, well, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. She said, no, it's not that. I don't want to be a temptation. I said, it won't bother me. She said, no, but if I'm in a bad mood, it will bother you. And so, so she was trying to figure that out. But, but others, you know, th th we have these things we do. And so starting next Sunday, we'll do that. But, but if you take 40 days, even if you don't fast, but if you take 40 days and spend it along with God, you're going to see a difference in your life. You will. His countenance was different. There was a glow about him. 
His face had to be veiled because the people were afraid to look upon him. He had been alone with God, away from the noise and distractions of life. Can I tell you today, people still need to remove themselves from the hustle and bustle of life and get along with God without distractions and noise and cares of this world. Sometimes we got to shut everybody off so that we can hear from God. The glow of God is still needed in His church. Can I tell you there are some people that go to church, they're still wearing the veil as if they have the glory of God, but the glory has departed them a long time ago. They're like Ichabod written over the door. There's a lot of people that come to church and they'd like, they'd like to make you think that they've been alone with God. And they'd like to make you think that them and God have been together. So they spiritually wear the veil to try to make you think they're someone spiritual. But I'm here to tell you there are some people that they haven't felt the presence of God in so long. They wouldn't probably recognize the presence of God if it walked into the room. There are people that like to make you think they've been alone with God. They like to make you think they're men and women of prayer. They like to make you think they try to be some spiritual. The Pharisees were professional at that. Oh, they made everybody in town think that they were the original religious elite and knew what to do and do that. But Jesus called them a brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs and dirty saucers and plates. Jesus said, you're a false advertisement. In fact, he called them a word that nobody likes to hear called hypocrites is what he ended up calling them. I'm telling you right now, you can wear the veil all you want to. But if there's no glow behind the veil and there's no glory behind the veil, you're nothing but a hypocrite. You're nothing but a fraud. You're nothing but an imitator. You can wear the veil all you want to and act like you're super spiritual and act like you and God. But if you haven't prayed and you haven't read your word and you haven't spent time with God, it would be better for you to take the veil off and be transparent before the Lord and say, I've had struggles. I've had struggles, God. There are things in my life I can't explain. God, I didn't pray like I was supposed to. I didn't read like I was supposed to. I haven't studied your word like I was supposed to. Some people need to try to quit playing with God and pray playing with the church, they need to remove the veil and become transparent with God because the glow has been gone a long, long time ago. It's been gone. So if we try to wear the veil like we have the presence of God when we don't, we're a fraud. We're a hypocrite. It's not about the veil. It's about the glory behind the veil. In the tabernacle, the veil wasn't the issue. It was when you stepped on the other side of that veil and the glory came down. You better make sure you and God were right because when you stepped out, it wasn't the veil that killed you. It was the glory behind the veil that killed you. You could be in the table. You could be in the outer courts and be fine. Shoot, you could go into the inner courts and prepare the table of showbread and not be right with God, but you wouldn't drop dead. But, Brother Mary, as soon as you pulled back the veil into the Holy of Holies, it wasn't the pulling back of the veil that got you. It was when the foot stepped across the threshold. Can I tell you, if people started treating the house of God like it was the Holy of Holies again, if we stopped bringing sodas in the sanctuary and eating cookies in the sanctuary and making church a frat house and a party house, then God's house, we might experience the glow of God a little bit differently. But we've tried to make church a donut place, a coffee shop, a, a Burger King, have it your way. I'm not against you having it in Sunday school and in fellowship halls. But I'm telling you, when you walk into the sanctuary, when your feet hit the pavement, it's holy ground. When you walk through the double doors of this sanctuary, it's not a building, it's God's house. And when God shows up, it becomes holy ground. I'm here to tell somebody this morning and to remind us today that it wasn't the veil that got them in trouble. It was when they entered in. Wonder if God still operated like that today. How many people would be dead in church because they misrepresented the presence of God. They were a fraud before the presence of God. They made fun of the presence of God. I'm telling you what we need more today is not a program, not a pandemic, not something
happen again in his house. We need the glow of God. So what did Moses do? Well, I'm going to quickly this morning tell you how Moses was able to experience the glow. Moses was determined. You say, what do you mean? Moses was a determined man. See, God had talked to Moses a few chapters earlier and told Moses, okay, here's the deal. I got you out of Egypt. You know where you're going. You're headed to Canaan. You can take it from here. I'm done dealing with these people. You sounded like most pastors on Monday morning. That's how you know Moses was a pastor. He's like, I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. I'm going to be a car salesman. Eh? God said, I, I got you out of Egypt. I got, what, I got you out of where you couldn't get. Moses, you couldn't got him out of Egypt, but I did. I got you out of what you couldn't do. But you can take it from here. Now, for some people, you might be like, okay, thanks, God. I appreciate it. And you would have took the ball and ran with it. But Moses was a different kind of man. Because in Exodus 33 and 15, after God tells Moses, I'm not going any further. I'm stopping here. I've done my part. Moses knew that the glory of God, in order to experience the glory of God, you had to be determined that that's what you wanted more than anything else. Because in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 15, this is what Moses said. If your presence does not go with us, then don't take us out of here. If you're going to abandon us now, God, then leave us here. It would be better for you to just leave us where we are than to abandon us and make us do this without you. That's pretty brassy to tell God that. I'm just telling you, that's a big prayer. That's bold. He said, God, if you're not going, we're not going. If the cloud ain't moving, we ain't moving. If the fire ain't moving, you don't go. We don't go. Can I tell you, it would do churches. I'm not just talking about a local church. I'm talking about universal churches, every creed, race, denomination. It would do a lot of people good if they had that kind of prayer with God. God, if you ain't moving, I ain't moving. If you ain't going, I ain't going. If you're not blessing and, and, and in the middle, I'm not. If God, if you're not there, I'm at, God, if you're not at the bar, I'm not going to the bar. God, if you're not at that scene, I'm not going. God, if you're not in there, I'm, it would do people a lot of good if they'd get back to God. If you ain't going, I ain't going. You don't move, I don't move. I'm telling you the problem with the church world today is we've tried to move ahead of God. We thought we'd done it. We could do it without God. We thought we could figure this thing out without God. And the cloud stopped a long time ago. The fire stopped burning a long time ago. But we just kept running. And we kept having all these service people shouting and dancing all over. And most of the time people think, oh, wasn't that a powerful service? No, that was emotionalism. We know how to sing the right songs. We know what would elicit a response. God is back there somewhere. The cloud has been stopped and the fire has stopped burning if God doesn't go we have to be determined we don't go until God says it's time to go and so Moses says I'm not leaving Moses was more concerned about knowing God than just having God do stuff for him Psalms 103 verse 7 says that God made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel I want to talk to you just about determination in the summer of 1992, in the Summer Olympic Games, there were two tremendously poignant moments that happened simultaneously that year that had never been done, unprecedented in terms of the idea of determination. The first one was the American sprinter by the name of Gail Devers. 
phenomenal athlete. She was the leader by far at the 100 meter hurdle. She had won that so many times it wasn't even funny. She knew how to do it in her sleep. She was way ahead of the pack. And she miscalculated her form knowing she was so far ahead and she went to make the last hurdle but instead of keeping stride and form and keeping that same energy and keeping that same, uh, if you will, form to do that, she kind of kind of got a little lazy and got out of balance. And she, when her leg came up, the first one cleared, but the back one clipped. And she fell flat on her face. By the time she regained, realizing what had happened, the other ones by that point, because they're sprinting, have caught up and they take off. Now Gail could have laid on that track, embarrassed, mortified, gave up but that's not what she did she couldn't get up because she had hurt herself so she drug herself on that clay track crawled the last five meters finishing fifth and not qualifying for any of the Olympic Games but she said I wasn't going that far without finishing the race she crawled her way in another event that happened just a couple days later the 400-meter semifinal, British runner Derek Redman was on the last stretch, running strong, and he heard a pop. His hamstring popped, and he literally crumpled, crippled, and fell straight to the ground. He struggled to get back to his feet, but he couldn't stand up. He was in so much pain. He knew he couldn't finish the race like that, but he, he didn't know what else to do. His father, who was sitting in the stand, saw the agony of his son come sprinting down. Derek Redman's father comes sprinting down, jumps onto the track, which is against rules, picks up his son, tries to take him to the grass area to sit down, and there was an exchange between him and the father that we didn't know until later. But the father tried to get him, and Derek said, No, if you got me up this far, help me get to that finish line. And Derek was not going to win. But literally, as his father picked him up and the athlete refusing to quit, he literally leaned on his father with one leg not even moving, and he hobbled his way, and together they limped to the finish line and got a louder applause than the winner that actually won the gold medal race. When he asked, when they were at, when, when Derek was asked about it, he said, I couldn't finish the race on my own. When my dad got down there, or my father came down there, and he put his arm around me, I could lean on him, and I knew I could finish. You may not always be able to sprint to the finish line of this thing called life, but if you lean on your heavenly father, you may not always be able to run, but he'll make sure to carry you across the line. You may not be able, you might be hobbling along, and you might be limping along this life, but I'm telling you, when you lean, when you cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you grab on to the heavenly Father and say, God, I can't walk any other way, God will say, that's okay, I got two good legs. And he'll just keep holding you, and it may not be a fast race, it may not be a sprint, but you will cross the finish line, and all of heaven will stand up and applaud, because they'll say, well done. Well done. Why? Because the Father helped you make it to the end. Amen. Determined. We have to be more determined now than ever to finish this race. Let us run the race that's been set before us. To finish the race. Let's finish. In order to represent the glow of God in our lives, we have to be more determined to seek Him than we've ever been in our lives. We have to run this race. 
See, determination will make you to continue to press on when everything else seems to be going against you. I mean, Derek's hamstring blew. There's no getting up from that. It's painful. Gail Devers is embarrassed, laying flat on her face, meters ahead of everybody else, but now mortified that she's face-planted into the asphalt. Both of them could have just tucked their tails, kind of got into the grassy area, and just rode off in the sunset and just been like it was a bad day at the office. And when they got interviewed, just said, well, it wasn't my day or whatever. But neither one of them were determined to let the failure of tripping and the failure of things they couldn't control outside of their control. They were determined not to let the outside stuff keep them from finishing the goal that they had set. Listen, the devil's going to do everything he can to trip you, lay snares to easily entangle you, cause you to be crippled, cause you to feel like you can't make it, but you've got to be determined. As for me and my house, will serve the Lord. I have started this race. It is not he who starts the race, but he who finishes the race. You have to be determined no matter what the devil throws your way. You will crawl to the finish line if you have to, but you will finish this race with God. You'll finish it. Girls, you make your way. I won't finish this today. We'll pick up part two next week. You see, everybody has challenges. Everybody recognized that great, the great composer, Ludwig van Beethoven, was a musical genius. I mean, Beethoven was a genius. Beethoven was one of the best of the best. Do you realize that Ludwig van Beethoven, his life wasn't perfect? The man that wrote Furry Lee's beautiful song. Wrote things like Moonlight Sonata. Beautiful classical pieces. He never heard what he wrote. Never heard him. He never heard him. In his 20s, Beethoven began to lose his hearing couldn't feel the music that he had once had on one occasion he used to say his fingers felt thick because he it's like he was hitting things but nothing was making sound he tried to hide it by the time he reached his 50s he was completely deaf but he refused to give up Ludwig van Beethoven when he realized that he couldn't hear the music anymore he did something that nobody else even had heard of Ludwig van Beethoven literally before he wrote some of his most famous pieces had a carpenter come in he had one of the top pianos of all time for composers of that day he had a phenomenal I mean it was an expensive instrument it is an instrument you don't want to just get rid of and mess up you're not wanting to screw this thing up but he brought a carpenter in and he cut the legs off of the piano so then sat flat on the floor. And Ludwig van Beethoven wrote his classical pieces based on feeling the different vibrations each hammer made hitting the floor of his house. He never heard this note. He only wrote based on the differences he heard feeling vibrations along the floor line. He was determined not to let the things he couldn't control stop him from the things he could control. He wouldn't give up. Now people play his classical pieces all around the world. They're famous. Everybody talks about how phenomenal the composer he is. And he never heard the song he wrote. Didn't even hear him. Reminds me of the story of a young fellow who was a, an aspiring journalist. And he wanted to be a star journalist. So he traveled to a small town. 
where there wasn't a lot happening, but he just thought that'd be a good way to write a good story or something, find something in practice. One day, while in the town, the dam upstream that was holding back some of the water reservoir broke, and the town came flooding. He got in a rowboat, and he started rowing out, looking for a story, thinking he'd find somebody on a housetop or something. He'd find a good story to put him on the map. As he was rowing out, he found this lady sitting on top of her roof. So he tied up the boat, and he told her what he was after, and he crawled up there, and he says, I'm just looking for a story, and he began to interview her. And as they talked, they began to watch various items float by in the stream. And a dog went by, and she said, now that would be a good story. And, and he said, no, that's not a story, that's just a dog. A few minutes later, some cars flew, uh, floated by, and she said, now that'd be something to write about. He said, no, nah, that's just... Finally, a random hat floats by, does a 180-degree turn, goes back, goes 180 degrees, goes back like it's in a current, just back and forth. And the young aspiring journalist said, now that seems interesting. That's a story. The woman's reply was, no, that's not a story. That's my husband, Hayford. He told me this morning he was going to go mow that grass come hell or high water, so he's mowing that grass. He was determined. He was going to finish his yard. See, determination may come in various ways and forms. It may come in all types of ways. But whether you're like Hayford and you're determined to cut your grass come hell or high water, or you're Gail Devers, Derek, British runner Derek, or you're Ludwig von Beethoven, and you have to go through obstacles to make it, you have to decide what you're willing to put up with, what you're willing to quit on, what you're willing to give up on, versus what you're willing to fight for, what you're willing to go to war for, and what you're willing to pray for. There are certain things, yeah, you can say, well, that's a battle not worth fighting or a hill worth dying on. Fine. But you've got to decide what things are important to you. And I come by to tell you this morning that your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with God the Father, your prayer time, your devotional time, you, you know what, I, I don't really, you know, your little Debbie cakes, all that stuff, that's between you and the Lord, your diabetes and your sugar, whatever. But I'm telling you, the things of God, you need to be more determined about them. Those should not be compromisable. Those shouldn't be, well, I don't know. You better, you better in these last days that we live in, you better make sure God is an important factor in your life and be determined that you and God are going to have this thing right because I'm telling you, He is coming again. I don't know if it'll be today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, but He is coming. We cannot afford to miss the moment. We have got got to be determined no matter what that the things of God are not debatable amendable but as for me and my house as for us and this church no matter what happens we will be a remnant that will stand the test of time and say God you can count on us your spirit can have free reign in us your spirit can come down in this house we have to be determined to let God be God and every man be a liar and God be God so we'll pick up part two next week. But here's my question for you today. Or my statement to you. It's not really a question. We must all realize that our lives are full of challenges. But determination will keep us focused on reaching the things 
that are most important to us. I've often said you can always tell what's most important to people by looking at their checkbook. I'm not talking about just basic amenities like groceries. Though if that's their highest spent bill, maybe that's important to them. Where your treasure is, the Bible says, there your heart will be also. That's why you lay up your treasures up in heaven. A challenge to us today is just simply this. What do you want 2023 to look like for you and your family? For you as an individual? For your spouse, if you're married, and you, your relationship? For your children? For your grandchildren? For your great-grands? What do you want that life to look like? What do you want 2023? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be spirit-filled? Do you want them to walk in the fear of the atmosphere? What do you want 2023 to look like? If you could write it down and give God this wish list and he was to answer what would be on that list not less weight Jim fixes that and diets fix that that's not a God problem that's a, that's a mechanical problem new cars yeah maybe if you don't have the finances you can pray that but that, that can be a matter of decision too if you got four wheels and it drives God's still blessing you because there's a lot of people who had to walk to where they had to go to today I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about if you could give God this list and say, God, 2023, I want to see my children saved or my husband saved or my, my wife saved or God, I want to see my, my, my grandchildren come to know you or have the Spirit of God. I want our church to... What would it be on that list? What do you want 2023 to look like? Now, I'm not here and going to promise you that everything on your list will come to pass. It may not. Because you can pray for God to save them, but they can reject God. So there's only so much you can do. You can ask God to get a hold of them and reach them, and God could do all he can, and they can still say, I don't want you, God. If there's nothing you can do, God's not going to force himself. But I can tell you, you can be determined to keep praying until God gets a hold of them in some capacity. The very first Sunday of the year, what do you want God to do for you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, I want you to take for about the next 30 seconds, I want you to think about that question. For 2023, what do you want God to do? While you're thinking about that, let me say to all our online guests, and those that are that are watching us online, we are so thankful that they are with us today. We are so glad that they are a part. So to all our online guests, God bless you. We pray that you have a good rest of the, your holiday season, and we love you. God bless you. We'll be back next Sunday online with you. But for those of you that are in-house, what do you want? It's not for me to answer that question. It's for you and God to answer it. Now I want you to take the next 30 seconds or so before I pray, and I want you to talk to God as if you're Moses. Take the veil off. Become undone in His presence. Don't hide from His glory. Be transparent. If you want God to fix your...